Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and happy Thursday. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I am your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so excited to have you join us once again. As you guys know, this show is about educating, empowering, and inspiring so you can live a fearlessly authentic life. So I want to thank everybody around the world who has been coming and listening to the show every week, listening to it on the podcast. I really appreciate the love. And we are just going to get right into everything. But I just want to warn you right now, there's going to be some expletives thrown around here. Um, Not in a careless way, but if you do have young children around and you don't want them Uh, hearing things about sex or genitals or things like that, you know, put your headset on. So just a little bit of warning. And I want to introduce my guest today. I am so excited that we have finally connected. It's so nice to meet you face-to-face via Zoom. Um, Kim Anami, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me on. Yeah. Lovely to meet you too. Yeah, I'm just so excited. It's been months and months and months of trying to put this together, so I am thrilled. And I just want to give everybody a little bit of background on you so they know who I'm talking to. If you don't already know who Kim is and, you know, once you hear her, what she's all about, you're going to love this. So my guest, Kim Anami, is here to infuse more passion into your life and bed. She is a holistic sex and relationship coach, writer, and speaker. Her work is a spiritual synthesis of over two decades of Tantra, Taoism, transpersonal psychology, philosophy, and a host of quantum growth accelerating practices she uses to propel clients into higher stratospheres of connection, intimacy, energy, and creativity. I just love that. Her musings on life and love have graced Playboy, Elle, Marie Claire Shape, The Sunday Times, The Daily Mail, GQ, and national talk shows from E Network to CNN and NPR. She divides her time between Bali, I need to get there one day, okay, now I know somebody who lives there, and Los Angeles, and a host of beaches in between where she not only lives and surfs, but lifts objects with her vagina. Welcome to the show. I think that is like the best introduction I've ever given anybody. I love it. It's a pleasure to be here. Excited to have this conversation with you. Yes, I have so many questions. The first one is, why are orgasms so important? Well, (laughs) diving right in. We live in a global culture where sex, the whole nature of sex is tainted and it's been made into this taboo. It's been distorted. The true power of sex is hidden. 
right? It's hidden under shame, it's hidden under trauma and outright censorship. And so in my view, in the work that I do, sex is a power source. Sexual energy is creative life force energy. This is the energy that creates new life. And if we're not creating babies with it, we can procreatively use that energy and harness it and channel it out into our lives. And this is what's really been obscured and hidden over the millennia of what sex really is. So it's not this moral conundrum. It's actually an energetic power source. This is a form of our chi, our life energy. So with orgasms, we are reaching into these powerful states of cataclysmic release and opening and surrender. And we really tap into that true life force energy when we get there. And so that's why I talk about them as being the ultimate personal growth tool used in a conscious way, right? Like I differentiate between what I call junk food sex and gourmet sex, right? Using sex in an unconscious, bust out a porn infused orgasm just to get to sleep versus using sex in a way that really elevates and transforms and uplifts your life. And that's not a moral, you know, judgment about how people are using sex is an energetic one, right? Is sex giving you energy or taking away energy? And that's even a barometric question that I ask people is, do, does your sex life or when you have sex, do you feel energized, rejuvenated, transformed, and like it changed your life? And if not, then you're doing it wrong. And again, that's not about a moral judgment. It's like, is this giving you energy or taking it away? And so a conscious use of sexuality and orgasmic power is something that's going to give and infuse energy into every part of our lives. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know, you know, I did not have a lot of sex until I didn't lose my virginity until I was 22 years old because my mom had told me that if I have sex, I'm going to get pregnant. Okay. This was before discussions of STDs and so on and so forth. So I missed out and I got married at almost 25 years old, got divorced at the height of my sexuality in my 40s. I got divorced at 42. The world was like I went crazy because I was at the height of my sexuality and I was living out my life as I as if I was in my 20s, but now I was wiser. And what I, you know, what you said is sex should give you energy. And what I realize now, I just turned 60, is that what? You're 60. I just turned 60 on December 27th. Oh my gosh, you look amazing. Oh, thank you. That's because I have a lot of sex. That would be the reason. Well, that I try, would be, that's the fountain of youth. It is. And I try to tell people that you will age backwards if you have a lot of sex. Now, this doesn't mean, you know, you talked about the moral issues of sex. This is not going out and having sex with random people. This is having meaningful, beautiful, energizing sex. And, you know, you are the guru here, not me, but I know what it's done for me. And when I talk to my friends that are younger than me, because all of my friends are younger than me, they're like, no, no, I don't want to talk about sex. I don't want to talk about sex. There's this, there's this, um, not shame, although there is a lot of shame associated with it, like you said, but it's um, taboo. Why, what if you found, why is it so taboo? Why is it that men could talk about sex in one way and women feel like they can't? 
Well, I think even men are limited, right? Like I don't, yes. I don't think men are having deep, you know, profound conversations about sex. If anything, they're just given more permission to be promiscuous or more permission to score, you know, and to have a libido. Women aren't even given those things, right? But I think it's deliberate. I think that this, as I said, this censorship of sex, this distortion of the true power of sex is deliberate because if I consider this to be an epic power source and if people are not in touch with and connected to their sexual energy and living from that place, which is why you're so radiant. It's the aura of what I call the well-fucked woman or the well-fucked person. Um, It's an energy. It's a radiance that you actually wear and you put out into the world and people feel it. It's tangible, right? It doesn't matter how, what weight you are, how good looking you are, like from any conventional definition, it's an energy. It's a magnetism that then comes out into the world and brings out all of your inner beauty and your inner talent. So I would say from a control perspective from a dominating a population perspective that sex is used as a weapon as a control mechanism to to rob people of their true power and their true authentic selves because if you disconnect people from their sexuality like when you think about it it's one of the first things when people go to invade a country they tend to rape the women or sodomize the children you know like they, they basically put this giant smear on top of the sexual expression of the culture that they are are invading, right? That then damages them. Like if we look at indigenous people around the world right now, we can see the impact of that. And they've all bizarrely suffered from like sexual abuse from their invaders, right? And systematic, like institutionalized even, right? Setting up schools and residential schools to like sexually abuse children. That's kind of the point of it. So there's, when people are separated from that energy or wounded in that energy, they are operating at a deficiency. So, so much of my work is showing people you know, the true power of sex and then helping them to get back into touch with it, whether that's healing from the trauma and the wounding or even the internalized false beliefs that they've taken in because there's so much of that, right? Like so many pervasive limiting beliefs around sexuality and then showing them how to really optimize, you know, like in my reality in the, in the Anami world, we have something called the Anami guarantee, which is that all people can, all All women can have G-spot orgasms, cervical orgasms, and ejaculate across the room and have ravenous libidos and be gushing wet at any age or any circumstance in their lives. All men can learn how to have sex for hours at a time and separate orgasm from ejaculation and become multi-orgasmic as well. This is the domain of every single human on the planet. I guarantee it. It's like there's a very common you know, patronizing idea out there that, oh, you know, some people can do that, you know, and other people can't, don't you worry, you know, you poor little girl, if you can't do it, it's okay. Which to me is the ultimate in being patronizing, right? I'm like, no, 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 everyone could do it. Let me show you how. I, you, I need to share you with the world. I mean, I am going (laughs) to be like screaming about you from the rooftops because I have been talking, I've been in the wellness and fitness world for over 30 years. And I talk about sex all the time. And, you know, I have a lot of- That's amazing. I do because I say, you know, I, I get a feel for them, but then I say to them, you know, I want you to look at yourself in the mirror and say- I do me. That's what you need to do before you get into the shower. I mean, you take your clothes off, get in front of the mirror and say, I would do me. Because if you want to do you, then your your partner's going to want to do you. If you don't want to do you, then they're not going to want to do you. And you're not going to do it together. Right? 
Absolutely. I love that perspective. So I've always, all of my clients know, I Jody loves to talk about sex, which is why I was like so wanted to get you on the show because this is about being fearless and it's about like living in your truth and honoring who you are. And the it it kills me when I, I know that so many women have been traumatized from an early age, from sexual abuse. And I wanted to talk to you about that. How do you help a woman? Or maybe there was a man too that that was traumatized in their youth or maybe not even so young from a sexual experience. How do you get them to the other side to love themselves and trust? Because trust is huge during sex, during, mm. you know, be intimacy and so on. Yeah. I mean, I think the first step is acknowledging that there's healing that needs to be done. Like I saw very early on in my career working with people is that if they came to me and they had a history of sexual abuse, they could not move ahead into these loftier ideas of G-spot orgasms or shooting ping pong balls with their vaginas or whatever until they had healed that foundational injury, right? Like for example, there was a woman who she had been violently sexually assaulted twice in her early 20s. And when she came to me, she was about 40, married, but in kind of a, you know, the only time she could ever have sex is when she was blind drunk, ever, right? She had to be totally drunk to have sex. And as we were working together and I would give her these exercises and things to do, she would come back and, and never having, to, not, not do them. And I was like, what is going on here? And I realized that, that you know, she, she was quite pivotal for me in my own work is that, if she didn't heal this trauma, that she wouldn't be able to layer anything on top of that. It's like having a faulty foundation, right? It just kept collapsing. And so I worked with her to then clear and heal that trauma. And then she made quantum leaps. You know, she got to all these amazing places, but it wasn't until we did those things. So I use many different tools. I have a couple of really good podcast episodes. One's called Sexual Self-Healing for Women, one Sexual Healing for Men, where I cover some of these techniques. But as an you know, example, using a jade yoni egg, doing yoni massage on herself. Like these are wonderful ways to get back in touch or a man can do, you know, conscious self-pleasuring with himself are ways to just explore slowly, carefully, lovingly our own bodies. And like the level of, usually there's dissociation that's happened, right? So they're now feeling cut off. And so they start to get these symptoms from the body that are indicating, hey, there's healing to be done here. But in typical Western allopathic or OBGYN circles, the, the dominant idea is to ignore all symptoms and instead deny them and instead try to force things on top of them. So I'll give you an example of that. So a common symptom for women who've had unresolved sexual abuse is having what I call vagina on lockdown, right? There's some medical term for it of like, you know, literally having a clamped down vagina that doesn't want to open. And any any person with an iota of let's say intelligence would think, okay, well, why is the vagina shut down? Right? Like, let's look at the history of this person. And in like almost all the time, there's some kind of trauma that's happened that hasn't been really healed and integrated. And so the vagina is giving us a clear message, right? Hey, I need some attention. I need some love. I need some healing. And then I'm there for you. Right. Instead of like, you know, they'll have these like, it's like, it's sick really. And you know, then OBGYN will like 
give, maybe try to give them surgery or give them drugs or give them creams or give them like stretchers. Like it's, it's ludicrous. Right. And the, like the thing that's actually the solution they never get to, they're using these often quite damaging band-aids, right. That are not even solutions. So, you know, I'm all about the solution and the idea that we can all heal pretty much anything can be healed and that the power is in our hands and in our genitals and we just have to reconnect to it. So things like I said, conscious yoni massage, lingo massage. Wait, can you talk about that? Can you talk about the jade egg and the yoni massage? Yeah. So yoni massage is really as it sounds, right? Or linga massage is like consciously going inside, yes, the vulva, but ultimately inside of the vagina and getting to know ourselves. A lot of the time when women have had sexual abuse or even in general, because they've internalized their this oppression, they're uncomfortable putting their fingers inside their own vaginas. And so I encourage everyone to do vaginal reconnaissance and go inside the vagina, spend lots of time there, not with the intention of having orgasms, but of simply getting to know yourself, right? And we store tension and trauma in our tissues. Wim Hof says, calls it the issues in our tissues, which I think says it beautifully, that all of our collected experiences get get stored in the body. And that's why we can look to the body to give us wisdom and messages rather than just trying to ignore it and deny it and override that. And so yoni massage, like spending, I've got a couple of great videos on my YouTube channel on this too, but going in, taking some massage oil, spending half an hour, 45 minutes, I sell a wonderful yoni massage oil just for that purpose in my shop. I saw that on your website. I want to try that. Yeah, it's beautiful. We'll send you some. It's like a beautiful ritual to go inside, spend that time and just get to know yourself, feel the different areas of your vagina. It's just like a massage. If you feel an area that feels tight or even sore is like gently spending time there, rubbing, circulating, pressing, breathing into that and releasing, right? And then that will help to activate, denumb, open up the vagina. And then the jade egg takes that a level further where we're going in into the vagina consciously and using the jade egg. And the way that I work with the jade egg isn't just as an exercise, right? It's like, if you say you're trying to lose weight just by dieting, right? Like that's a small piece of the puzzle. We want to look at the whole piece of exercise, diet, lifestyle. Does somebody emotionally eat or addictively eat? And it's the same thing with vaginal reconnection, right? Is looking at all of these multidimensional factors, physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual, energetic. And so the yoni egg, the way that I teach it is, Yes, it's a series of physical exercises to do, but I also use guided visualizations and all over re-education around sex and everything vagina for a woman to reconnect into that space. And, you know, most vaginas are numb because women are discouraged from exercising their vaginas or they're fallaciously told that they can only have clitoral orgasms and vaginal orgasms don't exist, which is an outright lie and ignorance. And like I often say, all the good stuff is in the vagina. So both of these practices are about the clitoris is literally the tip of the iceberg. It's 10% of what a woman can experience. You know what? And I, I don't mean to interrupt you here, but like, I know. So it, it's, it is the tip of the iceberg. It it it's it's not the full deal. It's just eating sort of like your protein and not eating the rest of the stuff on your plate. That there's there's so much to miss out on, and everything that you're talking about, getting in touch with your vagina, um, 
so many women just kind of ignore that they've got this thing down there that they never, ooh, touch. And a lot of women my age don't even masturbate. That's another thing we need to talk about. But because I know the exercises you're talking about is not necessarily about masturbation. It's about getting to know your body. Um, Right. And I- did you see the movie uh, Little Fires Everywhere or something like that? Reese Witherspoon is in it. Anyway, they're talking about, I think they read Fifty Shades or something like that. I don't remember, some kind of book in a book club. And she went home that night because she was this very conservative housewife and took a mirror to her vagina and giggled. And it was like the first time she checked it out. And and I think there are so many women who talk about cobwebs there and they would never and Oh my goodness. So it's so important. It's so it's part of their health and wellness and everything that you're saying. So in the with the jade egg, I want to go back to that for a second because to me that I would be afraid and I think this is probably normal that it goes in, how do you get it out? Well, look, the vagina is not an infinite cavity, right? It is finite, so it will always come out. And the way that I work with the egg, I use a drilled. So the the jade egg is what it sounds like. It's a stone carved out of jade in the shape of an egg, and it has a hole drilled through it, and you attach a string to it. So you can always pull the egg back out with the string. And then as you get stronger, you can actually lift weights. And just like any other weightlifting regimen, you need feedback and resistance. And this is where for decades, women have been receiving incorrect advice around what Kegel exercises are because the the actual exercise that Dr. Kegel invented in 1947 when he was looking to address issues of urinary incontinence with his women patients was using a device called a Kegel perineometer. And this went inside the vagina. And that was so that when a woman contracted, there would be feedback and resistance, right? It's just like pressing with your bicep, right? Like lifting a weight and pressing or air exercising, which isn't really that effective. And that's really the equivalent to doing a Kegel without weight. It's like flapping your vagina at random in the wind. And so when Kegel invented his exercise, Exercise, he immediately had a 90% success rate with treating urinary incontinence. And then over the years, other doctors adapted the exercise, except they omitted the piece of putting something inside the vagina and it immediately tanked, right? The success rate immediately tanked. And I don't know why. The only reason I can come up with is that doctors were terrified to tell women to go home and put something in their vaginas. Right. And so they modified to say, just squeeze your vagina. Right. And it didn't really do anything. Like I, like I, the reason I came to prominence in teaching this stuff is like, I'd learned about the Jade egg, you know, a couple and a half decades ago or more. And then I'd been, you know, heard about Kegels and I tried doing Kegels and nothing really, I never felt anything, you know? And then as I began to work with women and I'd learned about the Jade egg and I started using that, but then as I saw more and more women clients, none of them had success with Kegels. And I was like, what the fuck, right? Like, what's, what is this? And then I realized when I kind of got into it and did this research, it's like, oh, well, Kegels aren't even what people think they are, right? They're, they're totally doing them wrong. And so the jade egg is the closest thing to an actual Kegel exercise as it was correctly and most effectively designed. 
And so not only is there the physical benefit, but then there's all of this, you know, reconnection. Like I said, the biggest symptom of sexual trauma or internalizing false beliefs in our culture is dissociation, feeling like people, women are really cut off from their vaginas. And truly, if you didn't have a lot of sensation in your vagina, you wouldn't enjoy having sex. Like I can see why women think they have low libidos, right? If they have sex and they don't really feel anything, of course, they're not really going to want to pursue it because it's not really even that fun, right? It's just kind of a thing that the guy goes into to to ejaculate into, right? Rather than her being able to take the most ecstatic, blissful, transcendent pleasure of her life, life life-changing pleasure, right? Like I really meant that. If it's not changing your life and giving you total ecstasy, whenever you have sex, you're doing it wrong, right? And you can learn how to do it right by healing all of these things, and really capitalizing on the true power, pleasure, and potential that's available. I think there are so many, my daughters are of the millennial generation. And I think, you know, I want to talk about erectile dysfunction for for young men these days, because a lot of them are taking antidepressants and so on and so forth. So they're taking their Viagra and they're taking their antidepressants and the girls are taking their Adderall and they're you know, who, who knows, you know, it's just, and I, I just, I, I feel bad if they don't understand this, you know, I've done my best as a mom to teach my daughters things, but there's some things they don't want to hear from their mom. Like, you know, that mom's having a lot of sex and mom's having more sex than they are. Who knows? (laughs) We don't talk about that necessarily. I can talk to one daughter more about sex than the other one. She's more open-minded and not, you know, doesn't feel weird about it. Um, But I think it's so important for the 20-somethings, the 30-somethings, after you have a baby, you know, to understand like how to get back on the wagon and how to have sex again, because so many women after they have babies too, are like, oh no, that's where the baby just came out. We we can't have sex. And it the vagina becomes this whole new entity to them also, and that freaks them out. And then the husbands are freaked out or their partners are freaked out about it. So it's so important at every age, like what you're talking about affects everybody up to, I I was listening to your podcast today about this, what was it, a 99-year-old man you had, you were interviewing somebody on your podcast who was a doctor who um, was talking about how big his penis has grown since he's been having so much (laughs) great sex with his wife and he's 52 years old. And um, he's talking about a patient coming in who was like 99 and asked for Viagra. And, you know, it's just, sex is vitally important for us to be healthy. It is part of us. We can, I, 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 we just need to talk about this more and more and more because it is, people always say that, you know, if we'll come back, we have so much more to talk about. We have to go to a commercial break. Um, Please stay with us. We have so much more to talk about, about sex and vaginal weightlifting. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. On Fearlessly Authentic, Jody talks about mental and physical well-being, and the key to both starts with proper nutrition. The Jody Fit Jumpstart Meal Plan was created to help your body feel better. Whether your goal is to lose weight, gain muscle, or just feel lighter and more energetic, following this meal plan can help you get there. 
The Jody Bit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a 21-day plan to help you learn the most important things about the food we eat and what foods are right for you based on your goals and activity level. The Jody Bit Jumpstart Meal Plan is a real plan for real life. This is not a diet, but a change in lifestyle. The plan is simple and easy for you to follow. In the 21-day plan, you will receive meal ideas, snack ideas, a grocery list, and a 21-day journal crucial to your success with inspirational quotes to keep you motivated and keep track of your progress. The key to success is commitment, consistency, and willpower. Be fearless and trust the journey. Go to JodyFit.com to purchase the JodyFit meal plan now and use the promo code podcast to get 25% off. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or comments you may have. Send an email to info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. That's info at jodyharrisonbauer.com. Now, back to Fearlessly Authentic. Welcome back, everybody, to Fearlessly Authentic with my guest, Kim Anami. And we are talking about sex and healthy sex and taking it to a higher level spiritually, mentally, physically, in every in every way and how it can enhance your life. Having sex is good. Getting to know your body, your vagina, your man, getting to know his penis, letting him get to know it too, and just taking your sex life to the next level. And it's not about junk food sex, as Kim says. It's about gourmet sex. So Kim... Let's explain to everybody the difference between junk food sex and gourmet sex, which is what you teach. Sure. So my view is that junk, just like the analogy with food, junk food, sex, junk food is something that might seem enticing and you get a quick hit, right? Like a sugar high. And then for a moment, it feels good, like these brief pelvic contractions. And then there's a plummet of energy, right? And it's not actually long-term contributing to the better building of your body or your being. And often there's a sense of remorse where people pass out because they've got this blood sugar imbalance now, right? And the same right. analogy to junk food sex is that it's not really nourishing. It's not actually building for, in your body and it could actually be taking away, right? Contributing to something negative or disease. <laughs> and so that would be the more like casual, like I just think about the best example of that is like jerking off to porn in a dark room and passing out, right? Like just that's the lowest use of sex. And, um, and then gourmet would be the idea that this is going to uplift it's multidimensional right like it's got this emotional psychological spiritual physical connection all at once and we feel elevated after we feel more of who we really are we emerge from the sexual encounter feeling like we've become a better person right we're a better version of ourselves and that's how i think of it like gourmet food you know is a multidimensional meal with lots of love and thought that's planning that actually you can think about it for 
days afterward, like how incredible it was, right? And that's how I think our sexual encounters ought to leave us for days afterward. We're actually floating in this energy of, you know, revitalization and love and euphoria from having connected with our partners and ourselves. You could always tell, and I know when I feel super connected to my partner, my husband, it's because we've had amazing sex and, you know, there's just this immediate connection and it's, it's been that way for a long, for a long time, you know, when I've had other sex partners or whatever, it's, it's that connection that people always say, well, sex is the glue that keeps you together, but it could be so much more than just the glue. And when you were talking about gourmet food versus junk food as, as an um, analogy of, of the kind of sex you can have, you know, eating with somebody is such a sexual act too. And when you're eating something absolutely delicious, it's very sexy and can be very sexual, which is why people, I think, talk about certain foods that lead to having better sex or, you know, just are sexier. You know, there's, there's just, well, there's an element of, you know, filling an orifice, I suppose, right? Right. And I think that can actually be a place where people indulge or overindulge in food because they're trying to fill some kind of, you know, some sense of uh, intimacy in themselves, right? That they're lacking rather than seeking that from its true source, their genitals or their partner's genitals. So, how do you help women achieve those? orgasms that are inside their vagina versus a clitoral orgasm? Well, those two things I mentioned, yoni massage as that journey of self-discovery and self-knowledge and even healing and clearing things that have been lodged in the vagina energetically, physically, the yoni egg, it takes it that step further in connection and strengthening and building up sentience and articulation. So we have a much more functional vagina, right? Like I often say, our vaginas, the norm for vaginas is to be able to shoot ping pong balls, to be able to lubricate at the drop of a hat, you know, to be able to have gushing puddles of ejaculate. That's normal, right? We live in a culture where there's this normalization of dysfunction, right? I was being interviewed by this woman once and she was like, oh, you know, I had a child eight years ago and I still pee my pants, but I know that's normal. I'm like, wait a second, that's become normalized, but that is not normal. That is not meant to happen, right? So the normal healthy baseline for every vagina is to be able to shoot ping pong balls, right? Have multiple orgasms, lubricate profusely at any age. And so those are a couple of things. Um, And then really the biggest key for women in their vaginal internal orgasms requires much more of their surrender. So being able to open and trust with themselves and with their partner, these orgasms often don't happen in more casual sex situations because a woman really has to open herself up, right? And if she's with somebody who by very nature of the agreement is we won't open ourselves up, then she's unlikely to get there, right? Or if it's even in a a long-term relationship, I talk about this concept of feng shui in a relationship of clearing the glass, cleaning the energy between the two of you. So let's say a couple has an argument at breakfast, right? And they go to have sex that evening and they haven't really resolved the argument. Well, that will show up in bed and it will show up in their body. So it might show up as her lack of lubrication. It might show up as him not having a very strong erection or coming too quickly. She probably won't have an orgasm because all of this stuff is lingering in the ethers. And so she can't properly 
really open up. So the key for women with these deeper orgasms, G-spot orgasms, cervical orgasms, is being able to really, really open herself up and abandon. And often one of the big characteristics of women who don't get there, even with clitoral orgasms, but especially with deeper vaginal ones, is they'll often say, it's really hard for me to let go of control. I'm a control freak. You know, it's really hard for me to open up that way. And they have never really kind of understood that that isn't an integral piece of their sexual expression, right? Is to be able to open and deeply surrender to another person. And this is where there's actually these sexual spiritual parallels, right? Like on a spiritual path, we talk about opening up to the divine, you know, channeling this energy and connection. And it's really similar to having a sexual partner and opening ourselves up on this very deep level where we throw aside, and this ties into your authenticity, the things that are not us, the false kind of imprinting that we've taken on over the years, it falls away, right? Without us even having to try to make it fall away. And we just start to show up more as who we really are in the world. And so, you know, this, I call this the the idea of the well-fucked woman or a person, one of the hallmarks of when a person is really tuned into that energy is they start to not give a shit about what other people think of them, how they're perceived in the world. They don't care. They're not trying not to care. They just don't care. And that's through, you know, embracing and inhabiting more of their true selves. And that has happened, I would say, through hours and hours for me, and I see it in other people, of vaginal orgasms, right? And really powerful sex is where these, like I said, the false conditioning just falls away and we emerge more confident, more powerful, more creative, that don't give a shit energy in the world. And we start to take charge and be the creators and the cause in our worlds rather than the effect, rather than the victim, rather than waiting to see what life brings us. We go out and we start to become just like our sexual energy, this procreative force out in the world. That creative energy is huge. And that connection that you have with somebody when you're having amazing sex, and I'm not talking about wham-bam sex. I'm talking about meaningful, beautiful sex. And it could be kinky as all hell, but it's two people who have decided to have really kinky sex, you know, or it could be any kind of sex, but it goes so... it's in the bedroom. It's out of the bedroom. It's every place. It's being more creative. I mean, I... You know, I've been in different places where I've had amazing sex and didn't have amazing sex and didn't have that connection with a partner. And I I understood the difference. And like I said, I'm 60 and people are just, I remember I'm, all these women were like, oh, you're 60. Oh, give it up. Give it up. Get up. And I still, I love to have sex and I'm a very sexual person. And I'll never give it up. I'll be like that 99 year old man. And it's. <laughs> Because I realize just like working out, feeding my body well with, with nutritious foods, lifting weights still. I, I mean, I lift so heavy now. Um, and by the way, ladies, lifting weights is really important too. I, you know, vagina, vaginal weightlifting and weightlifting, it's really important to staying healthy. But it's- I totally it's, agree. It's everything. It's everything. And you, like you said before, people- kids, school, they don't teach that. We need to come to somebody like you, Kim, who talks about real stuff, that this is real. This will take you to the next level. If you feel like you are in a dark place, think about it. Are you having an amazing sex? Think about anybody who's like in a really dark place. They're not having great sex, right? 
They can't Generally be. not. You know, it's something that over the years I've come to observe in people, right? Is that when they have a certain level of radiance and exuberance, that's because it's coming from their power source between their legs. <laughs> and they have, and I started to see like early on in the work that I did too. And I, I, way back in the day, I did more like a combination of intimacy coaching and life coaching and business coaching. And I would, people would come to me sometimes more for life coaching or more for business coaching, right? But I would want to get a whole picture of their, you know, their existence and ask about their intimate relationship. And inevitably, when they were having trouble in their intimate relationship, that was then, you know, sucking everything else into it like a vortex. And then conversely, when the intimate relationship is doing well, it uplifts everything in their lives. So people would be having like this one time, this guy came to me like, really wanted business coaching, right? And he's like, you know, but it's really hard for me to work at home right now because I'm fighting with my wife all the time and we haven't had sex in like two years. We have a young baby and stuff, but like, can you help me with my business plan, right? And I'm like, back up a second, buddy. Like, you know, you know, did you ever consider that the reason why you're having these problems and you can't focus and think and in your business is because of this strife at home and the fact that you're not having any sex? And he's like, no. And he actually was so adamant about not wanting to go there that he left, like as a client, he left my services, right? He didn't want, he didn't want to hear what you had later, to say. He didn't want to hear what I had to say. And he was refusing that there was any connection there and going on, which a lot of people do in their denial that their intimate relationship is actually having that great an impact on their lives, right? Or lack thereof of an intimate relationship or a negative relationship. And then he came back about a year later and he's like, um, can I have some intimacy coaching now? Right. And so realized, I guess, that there was a little more to the picture and that perhaps I was right. You know, probably after then three years of not having sex, he was like three years. I've had people say things to me like, oh, it's been eight years and say it like in a whole string of things in the conversation. So we've got this and that and haven't had sex for eight years and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 come back to this piece. They've just rationalized that that's just something that happens. Right. And you learn to live with it or whatever. Right. I have a I have an old friend of mine and we've known each other since fifth grade. She called me to wish me a happy birthday. And I asked her if she was dating anybody and blah, blah, blah. We had our conversation. Again, we've known each other since fifth grade. And she told me that she hasn't had sex in 10 years. And I said, What? Is she with a partner or without no, a partner? <laughs> no, she's without a partner. And and I said, What? And she said, Jody, how long have you ever gone without sex? I said, mm-hmm. Two days, three days, maybe. <laughs> She's like, in your whole life? I go, well, when I started having sex, you know, like having a sex life, you know, basically, you know, and I call like the beginning of my life when I got divorced, which was, you know, again, in my early 40s. That's when my life, that's when I felt like I was reborn. That's when I felt right. like, you know, and yeah, since I was 42, yeah, it's maybe a couple of days or something. So, I just, I want, I want to share you with all of these people. And, you know, the other question I wanted to ask you, so this man who came to see you, did he come, when you do counseling for people, do you find that it's more effective to do it as if they're in a couple situation, if they're with a partner, to do it alone or together? Or is it a, you know, each person is individual based on, you know, what, what is they're dealing with? 
Well, I don't do like private coaching anymore, but when I did, or even in terms of I run all these online programs now, right? So I run programs for men, I run programs for women, I have a program for couples. And so ideally, yes, both people are on the same page. They're interested in the idea of what I call a conscious relationship, which is that both people are showing up and communicating and examining the relationship and how can we optimize and do better? You know, how can we take our are both their sex life and our emotional life to the next level and our overall life, right? That is the ideal. And if you have a partner who is reluctant, right? One person is like, look, oh, wow, I didn't realize, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know that things could be better and I didn't know how to get there, but I'm hearing all this and this totally resonates with me. What do I do, right? And then they have the conversation with the partner and the partner isn't really on board or they're reluctant or they're kind of like, well, wait, we had an agreement to have a stagnant relationship. Why do you want to have a relationship that includes growth, right? They're like, you're changing the name of the, the terms of the deal. And you might be, right? Like the, the, the way in which couple came together may have been a commitment to stagnation, right? Not consciously knowing it, but that's right. what most relationships are, right? They're a commitment to stagnation rather than a commitment to evolution and growth. And so if yeah, I Can say, you that, say you know, that one more time, Can you say that one more time? That is, I love that. Say that one more time. Well, most relationships are a commitment to stagnation, right? Like, you know, we'll not really rock the boat. We won't really address important issues with the, you know, intention to get beyond them and resolve them and take the relationship to the next level. Like just the way that we apply that ideology to a career, let's say, right? Like we we don't just think you go to school and then you never learn anything else again. Right. We think, oh, no, of course, to stay at the top of your game, you have to keep taking courses. You might apprentice with someone. You go to weekend workshops. You might do another degree, you know, anything you can to get better, to learn more and expand. But people do not apply that in, for the most part to their intimate relationships. And so just like buying a plant from the store and like putting it into a corner and never watering it, never giving it sunlight, never fertilizing it. We, we're like, why did it die? I can't, I don't know why it died, right? Like, was it nurtured? So versus a relationship where you are or plant or career, whatever analogy, they all work, that you're constantly nurturing and thinking, how do we take it further? How do we learn more? How do we get the best out of this? How do we become better partners? And how can we deepen our sex life? And how can we become more vulnerable and raw and intimate with each other? So what what other orgasms are there out there that we haven't heard of? Though there's nipplegasms, there's asgasms, there's like elbowgasms, let's do it all, right? So that is the different approach to intimacy and relationship. And so then back to this idea, what do you do is I always say you invite the other person, right? To be like, all right, look, I know I'm changing the name of the deal, the deal here we've had over the years, but I've learned all this. I've learned all that these things are all possible. And I'm really excited to go on this journey with you. And if they don't bite, like, then you you draw, you pull back and you focus on you. You go, all right, so I'll take the Well-Fucked Woman course. I'll learn how to use a jade egg. I'll do my own self-pleasuring, you know, every day for the next 30 days. If your partner doesn't want to jump on that train or jump on you, then you focus on doing it yourself. And then inevitably what happens is the partner notices these changes, right? Because you, if you're really doing that work, you start to become different. Right? Don't you think you become, more com- you become more confident? more confident, more sensual. You probably don't really like sort of nag at them in the same way because you're in because your you're own satisfied power, right? you're satisfied and you're satisfied. Yeah. You're and you're satisfied. Right. Sexually. You're satisfied. Right. And so when you're not yeah. getting you, when you're not satisfied, every little thing 
drives you crazy. Yes. Yes. I call it the ballad of the underfucked woman. And I often say that when women, you know, when guys complain that their woman is naggy or bitchy or whatever, it's like probably because you're not fucking her well enough, right? If you were fucking the shit out of her, she would not be that woman. She would be easygoing and flowing. And how can I support you in your life? That is a well-fucked woman. But an underfucked woman is, you know, raging at other people, like road raging and yelling at shop clerks and angry. Can't you see them a mile all the time? Can't you see them a mile away? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's so funny because people who are in my sphere, like people who work with me or even friends or whatever, now they start to use that same lens, right? Like somebody will yell at them in traffic and they'll be like, oh, some underfucked woman yelled at me I used to say, you know, when I would see, when I would see somebody like that, or my friends would complain about a woman acting like that. I'm like, she hasn't gotten laid. He hasn't gotten laid, you know, whatever it is, because it always comes back to sex. Yeah. People don't yeah, understand how the time it does. Yeah. So, and to like back to this uh, concept then of growing is that usually they'll see a shift, right? And they'll perceive that and they'll be intrigued and they'll be magnetized toward this new person that they're seeing, right? And then sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're steadfast in their commitment to stagnation, and then perhaps that relationship will separate. Then, But the person who was interested in the growth will have developed the clarity and the confidence to know what they want to do. So if it's like time to move on, like I'm inviting you for the journey, if you don't want to come, all right, then I guess it's the end of the road. But they'll know. They'll know what to do. I did, than, I did your 30-day challenge. You did? I did. How did it and go? It, um, it went well. I said I was either well, I'm doing I'm sure I, you were probably doing that anyway, right? <laughs> well, pretty much. I mean, my husband works a lot, so I said I'm going to do this with or without you. Right. So every single day for 30 days, I was going to have an orgasm of some sort with or without him. And it was some days like working out, I was like, oh, I don't know if I feel like it today, you know, because you get busy and you get tired and you're like, and then as soon as you do that, it's like getting a good workout in, you feel energized. You're like, ah, ah, now the floodgates could open and I could breathe and I could create and I could, I could smile and I'm not, I'm not mean or whatever, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a noticeable difference. We can feel it in ourselves. And that's one of the best ways to really tell is by doing a 30-day challenge, like 30 days self-pleasure or making love with your partner or a combination of both, right? Is that you feel then the difference. And it's kind of like with an exercise program, right? Is that if you are a bit rusty or haven't been working out, it might initially be a bit like, okay, you've got to motivate yourself and discipline yourself to stay with that commitment. But once you're on that train, your body's like, hey, let's go to the gym or hey, let's go have an orgasm, right? Like your brain and your body, your neurotransmitters, your hormones have all been feeling the benefits and now they are carrying you and ensuring that you keep this as a regular part of your life. Absolutely. There was one other question I wanted to ask you, um, which is you talk about a penis growing, that a penis could actually get bigger. Mm -hmm. And that's by having more sex. 
There's a couple of ways to do it, right? So a, a penis can grow by a woman loving a penis like it's never been loved. Like I've been surprised over the years, both in partners and clients, like how they come to me and their penises are not really very well loved, right? And even guys who are what we would consider extremely well endowed, like beautiful specimens, right? And they just weren't really well loved. And it's been shocking to me. And I really took it upon myself to both through like conscious intent, but also just falling in love with different cocks, you know, to love them up. Right. And then would see the difference of guys who maybe only occupied 80% of their erection or actually grew, you know, half an inch in girth and length, because I just love that thing. Like there was no tomorrow. And, you know, so they started to own it and walk like a totally like a stallion, you know, like a totally different energy that they would embody now that they were really loving their cock or receiving love to their cock. And then they can do that themselves. I teach a bunch of different physical strengthening, lengthening exercises for cocks that also help them to really inhabit that power. So this is one of the most beautiful gifts that you can give your partner, whether, you know, to whoever, man, woman, woman, man, when man, woman, woman, like that you are loving their genitals, right? This is the essence of who we are. And the more that we consciously adore, love, shower all of this beauty into, we help build that up in our partner. And of course, that comes back positively to us in their their own confidence and their own self-love. It's a wonderful, uh, mutual loving circle. I completely agree with you. I mean, who doesn't want to be complimented on their genitals? I mean, we all do. It's, you know, we want to feel that intimacy and that, that, that love, that, that nurturing that you're talking about. So one of the things, uh, we're almost done with this interview and I'm, we have so much more to talk about, but one of the things that we talked about at the beginning uh, when we started was fi- being having sex, having that intimate s- intimacy with somebody and and making sure that everything that we do is with somebody that we feel safe with. That So if we are scared, if there is any fear that it's... Um, taken away that we know we're in a safe place and we shouldn't be scared. So, and you talked about the authenticity of a person, you know, finding themselves in that, that beautiful place. And that's when all the growth begins is when you are authentically you. So what does fearlessly authentic mean to you? Being fearlessly authentic. Daring to show up and to be vulnerable. I'm a big fan of radical honesty. And so rather than these tacit agreements in relationships where we don't ask, don't tell, or we tell white lies to maybe not hurt the other person. No, we actually show up and we express ourselves and our desires. We have to get to know our own desires and feelings. That's part of it. And then expressing those with our partner to the mutual aim of using our relationship as a catalyst for growth and transformation. But we only get there by showing up authentically with vulnerability, with openness and daring to trust, right? Trust is everything. And trust is is really the gateway to the magic kingdom is that openness and surrender, truly letting somebody see us, truly letting somebody inside of us. That is what creates the most powerful sexual energy that becomes like a super turbocharged power in the world. I talk, you know, we talk about power couples, I call them super power couples when they're tuned in to this magnificent energy within themselves. And then they start to radiate and channel that out into to everything they do in their world. 
That is so beautiful, Kim. It really is. And it's so, so true. Uh, we have to continue this conversation another time. But if people want to get in touch with you to expand their horizons and learn learn to know themselves better, how can they reach you? Kimanami.com. And you can also check out my podcast, Orgasmic Enlightenment. And I have lots of wonderful videos on my YouTube channel at Kimanami. I love your podcast and I'm going to sign up for one of your courses because you know what, we are forever evolving. And if we're not learning and evolving, then, you know, why are we, why are we here? Right? I agree. hundred percent. So Kim and Nami, thank you so, so much for, um, for all your knowledge. And um, thank you so much. Definitely need to have you back again. Thank you so, so much for being here today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. Please listen again next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 